Welcome to the Heal Everything Podcast with none other than Tama Aziz Sewa. You are not here by coincidence. This is a sacred space for the holy, ratchet woman who knows that she has the power to heal everything. I'm going to help you learn some new things, create a legacy of healing, elevate your mind. You do not want to miss an episode of this podcast. So make sure you subscribe and you share and you favorite us. And invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. First guest for the Heal Everything podcast, none other than Reverend Dr. Anika Wilson Brown. She is my sister from another mother. She is the existing pastor and leader at Union Temple in Washington, D.C. She is a mental health professional that is deeply rooted in indigenous wisdom and spirituality and helping people bridge the gap between what you believe by faith and what your brain needs, okay, and how you recover from your trauma. And so tonight's focus on the podcast is misplaced mental illness. I remember growing up, And you would see what our elders would call superstitious behavior. Why is it that my grandmother refuses to step on a crack? Right? What is that about? Or why I can't put my purse on the ground? And sometimes, especially in communities of color, we are so used to unresolved trauma. We're not able to recognize the impact of the lack of trauma recovery on our mental health. And one of the things that this pandemic has done very well is made people start prioritizing their mental health and well-being and trying to figure out, am I crazy or not? <laughs> right? Yeah. Now yep. let's combine that with the age of Aquarius, right? The age of awakening where people are redefining what their experience of God looks like. When the church buildings close, people realize that I can't depend on the pew anymore. Yeah. And the next to me for my spiritual practice and there's some blurred lines so let me formally introduce dr anika wilson brown uh there are three words that give witness to her scope of work as a spiritual leader and therapeutic coach and those words are dynamic yes engaging (laughs) absolutely and transformative She is dynamic because she's one of the most sought after speakers on the topic of merging faith and psychotherapy. She has spoken on diverse platforms ranging from arena sized gatherings to one-on-one small sessions. She skillfully crafts an approach to wholeness that embraces and balances both the science behind the behavior as well as the spiritual solutions to healing. So yes, her message is dynamic. She's engaging. The concept is a foundational one for her pastoral work as a servant leader and preacher's daughter, Dr. Anika's sensitivity to people's real world problems 
developed out of her personal struggles for perfection and acceptance. Now that's a whole other episode, but that, that's yeah. not, we can get into that. <laughs> to that end, she continues to have prophetic intergenerational impact as pastor at Union Temple Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. Her approach helps people access the God within themselves to live life at higher levels. So yes, her approach is engaging. And Dr. Anika is on a mission to uplift and encourage God's people. She has recently curated a movement called the 30 Day Soul Detox Challenge, which is absolutely phenomenal. It is a spiritually therapeutic process, which has reached over 7,000 people since it began in June 2019. She has been affectionately named the Atmosphere Shifter. Say it with me, everybody. <laughs> Mysterious. I like it. <laughs> I like it. The results of experiencing Dr. Anika are that people are empowered and are equipped to walk boldly in their purpose. So yes, her results are transformative. Her scope in terms of her education is this. She's earned a BA in psychology from Spelman College, her master of social work uh, from Catholic University, and her doctorate of philosophy from Loyola University. She is passionate and she balances her roles as a wife, a mom of three, a businesswoman, pastor, national speaker, counselor, and minister. I'm just like... All that, all that. I like hanging out with women like you. <laughs> Thank you again for your yes. Let's start the dialogue with defining the difference between mental illness and spiritual bypassing. We hear that terminology more frequently now, but what's your definition? Mm, that's a good question. And um, thank you for letting me be here. I'm so excited. I love to just share on this topic and I love being in your presence. So oh, uh, this is just a, a warm piece of pound cake on the middle of the afternoon for me. I'm excited. I'm young. Especially <laughs> girls like us some pound cake now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so um, the reason I got into this field is um, because I grew up in church. I've always been in church, um, but also had this natural, intuitive way to um, help folks who were struggling mentally. Been counseling folks ever since I was a, a youth in the church, right? Helping mm -hmm. folks. They say, send them to Anika, she'll help them, right? But I also noticed that there was a spiritual bypass going on. That, um, that the word counseling, the word therapy, the word mental health seemed to be very taboo, um, that folks were calling folks up to the altar and laying hands on them and praying, but then they would go back to their situations and think that something was wrong with them or think that God had not heard them because there was not a uh, process to follow. And how do I now activate this spiritual experience and make it a part of myself through um, my well-being practices, through ritual, through counseling, through therapy, right? So that was a big disconnect. So I think the the, the best def definition that I can give for, for spiritual bypass is to uh, ignore and avoid uh, the issues that are existing in our life um, and to solely focus on the spiritual um, aspect. So you'll hear folks say like, like um, God doesn't put more on you than you could bear. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
Uh, you know, that, that reminds me, let me get in here because the water's stirring now. That reminds yeah. me of things I've had to say to clients where I literally tell them, I think you've become codependent on God. Yes. You are so obsessed about God's power. You're negating your own power mm-hmm. in your life. Yes. So would yes. you feel like that's that's spiritual bypassing, right? Absolutely. Because spiritual mm-hmm. bypass is, is avoiding your own power. It's, it's being tapped out instead of tapped mm-hmm. in. So who mm-hmm. you are and what you can do is externalizing God to the point um, that you wait to be rescued when you mm-hmm. can rescue yourself. So is that because people are introduced to God incorrectly? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we, you know, we have been given this um, extraneous relationship with God where God is on the outside of ourselves. And for the most part, we have been introduced God with a, to God with a fear-based model. So we learn to fear God, to run from God, that God's going to get us. And if something is out of balance in our lives, we then begin to blame blame ourselves and say, this must be a punishment. This mm. must be something coming upon me, right? So there's that sense of powerlessness and disconnection from my ability to shift this thing for myself, to bring myself back into alignment mm. with the God that's already in me. Yeah, that's rich because I was literally just having a conversation about gaslighting. Yes. And I feel like in some ways, and you could tell me your perspective, some of the indoctrination and dogma we've created in religion is a form of gaslighting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. it's telling you your perspective is wrong and it constantly reinforces a self-perspective that you're not good enough as you are mm-hmm. unless you're compliant with our perspective of what godliness is. Oh yes, it's it's totally a self-rejecting. It is it is um, accepting the sense of powerlessness that I have no control over anything mm. within me or outside of me, and the things that I do have control of are negative, nasty, unworthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and sinful and dirty. And yeah. So I I can see how that can translate into taxing our mental health. Yes. Right. Yeah. But then there's real experiences, too, on the other side where people have mental health um, concerns and spirituality can help. So, like, what's that other side looking like in terms of, okay, which side of this am I experiencing? Um, I think this is just my perspective. I feel that we have adapted this, um, this colonized view of ourselves which is compartmentalized and it separates all of these aspects of ourselves instead of being, being able to see ourselves as whole. So in indigenous African uh, traditions, life is cyclical. Everything is connected. Everything is one, right? But we learn in, in this society that this doesn't have nothing to do with that. You need to fix, repair this. And it has nothing to do with that when actually it is all interconnected. Right. So I don't see physical dis-ease, mental dis-ease or spiritual dis-ease as any different from one another. That's good. I see it as all um, areas where we must align ourselves and realign ourselves, um, where there may be shifts and adjustments that we need to make. 
And some shifts and adjustments are more extreme, right? They, they may require more work. They may require more effort. But I think separating it in that way is the way is the reason that we have hmm, become so negative about mental issues, mm. right? Where I have no problem going to the doctor if I broke my leg. But if I can't seem to get out of the bed for a week, I, I, there's a shame attached to it. And, and I don't want to say what it really is, right? Because I see that, oh, yeah, that's bad. You know, whereas I don't see those things as different. I think until we make that shift in our minds, we won't really be able to get the help that we really des- deserve and need. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so happy to see some of that stigma being lifted, I feel like, because I've seen mental health support become accessible in ways I never would have imagined. I mean, yeah. you could text a therapist, call a therapist. You know, like people are really investing in becoming educated yes. uh, and supported. Um, and I, I tell my story. Um, I've had experiences of uh, what I call the crazy that makes it in your file and the crazy that doesn't mm-hmm. um, since my youth. You know, and I've had real mental health uh, challenges, but I keep myself in therapy to make sure my brain doesn't break. The same way I don't want my leg to break or any of that. I want somebody to be in relationship with my mind long Mm -hmm. enough to know what is normal functioning in Tamer's brain and when things look like they're going off, right? So... I think we need to treat our mental health support people the same way we treat our primary care doctors. Absolutely. It's not optional in my world and in my life. And I don't think it really should be for anyone. Yeah. So have you ran into scenarios where people have started trying to tap into indigenous ways of being and indigenous spirituality, but they can take things too far and not recognize it because they look at it as, you know, this is this is the woo-woo, fluffy kind of world, the, the metaphysical, you know. Yeah. I've heard people tell me that, you know, there's an ancestor bothering them and I can't hear that ancestor's voice, you know, like mm-hmm. they hear it. Like, how do you address what people are, are searching for and how, how do they assess when they're well and when they're not in that space? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, And what you spoke of about having a person who is um, connected and aware of how your mind functions, how your brain functions is important. Because what is um, um, strange or peculiar for you might not be for me. Right. Right. And so we have to always take that take that into context. I do think um, that there are instances where folks can go too far because they don't understand spiritual principle. They don't understand being grounded. They don't understand uh, being connected to um, someone who has been where you try, where you're trying to go, so that they can mentor you, usher you, uh, walk beside you as you're doing that work. So there have been folks who have reached out and said, "Listen." I started lighting all these candles and calling for these ancestors and now I can't sleep or now I don't know what's happening. I'm like, who told you to do that? Who gave you the instructions? <laughs> what, what we need to have this conversation, right? Because, yeah. you know, people be running to the botanica at the corner, picking up stuff 
And I am not a fear monger. Like I don't um, live in that space, yeah. but I am a daughter of wisdom and I, mm-hmm. and I listen to her teachings. And so I'm very clear that you got to understand what's driving you. Yeah. And sometimes it's curiosity. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, when I get women sharing experiences of feeling attacked, and I would love to hear your perspective of this. Um, because I don't feel like there's two powers. I only feel like there's one and it's God. Yeah. Right. So you can't tell me that, you know, God, you are aligned with God. You've been walking with God for all these years. And suddenly because you start lighting candles or suddenly because you're reading other kinds of literature Mm -hmm. that God has abandoned you and left you to who, what is the other power that's bigger than God? Right. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. don't believe that. Yeah. Um, and I get that from Florence Gubble Shin's teaching. She says there is not two powers. There is one and it is God. Absolutely. And so I make people as a form of accountability who are in process with me go check on their mental health when they're in a deep state of fear about their connection to God. And if they're doing something that would disconnect them. Yeah. And and can we uh, just be honest and very clear that a lot of that has begun um, in the church Mm. and and theological perspective? There are songs, teachings, everything written about this enemy, right? That's out to get you, that's out to to trip you up, that's out to destroy you and all of that. So it's not even um, it's not even specific to those that are in the church, outside of church, whatever your religious practice is. Mm-hmm. It has been it has been a, a a westernized way of us being taught that there's this thing out here that's mm-hmm. that's looking to get us right. So so we have to decipher through. Uh, we got to go through our mental file cabinet, right, and kind of mm-hmm. discard those things that, and and look at them and say, where did I get this from? You know, is this mine or is this something that I've inherited, something that's been taught to me, a doctrine that I've adapted based on whatever my belief is? And just begin to to, to filter and shift through um, those processes. And to me, you have to do that work with, with a counselor, a therapist who can help you to look at those things and decode them and, and, and file them properly where they go. And some of that, sometimes the foul is the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's put that in the shredder. Yeah, let, let's discard <laughs> those things that, that are no longer serving us. And when we have difficulty discarding us, discarding them, then perhaps that is where there, there is something, there is a mental challenge. There is something that we might, might need to work through through mental health tools, through um, mental health prescriptions, um, through whatever we need to do in order to engage that healing that that we are are worthy of. Yeah, that's good. That's good because even my my personal testimony, I started in the Christian tradition, Seventh-day Adventist, went to non-denominational organic church, and now I'm just ordained interfaith and I, you know, find God everywhere. But even in my journey, I remember still moving in fear, even when I thought I was free. Oh, yeah. It was like, as soon as something was incongruent in my life, I'm checking the chart on where the moon is and who I think is giving me an evil eye. And I was like, this feels like hysteria. It feels like you are losing your balance. Yeah. And for me, when balance is lacking, that's when you begin to lack 
health and wellness. Anything at any extreme is not healthy. It is not. I was like, you can't go 24 hours without checking your horoscope. Like, what's going on with you, Tama? Why is it that you can't even make a decision about what you want to eat without your pendulum? Like, what is mm-hmm. what are you going through, sis? <laughs> you know, I'm having these conversations <laughs> with myself. Like, this is strange behavior. What's happening? Yeah. Um, and of course, everybody has their own criteria. And I do think it's healthy to not label things so quickly and put everybody in p- particular boxes. But I do want to know if you think there's a distinction between the trauma recovery process and literally what the brain needs to go through in spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what you just talked about, your example and your journey is what I call trading addictions. Mm. There's a there's a, a phrase that says uh, religion is the opiate of, of the masses. We know opiate is a drug. Oh, it, is meant, it is meant to put us to sleep to our own power and to make us externally dependent on this power outside of us. So whether you in church, a mosque, uh, wherever, or just interfaith as you're describing, often what we see folks doing is shifting addiction from one dependency to another. And so where's so dependent on this Bible? Let me find a word. Let me work. When I get free from that, like you said, is then let me let me find a horoscope because I don't know what to do. Let me find this pendulum. Let me get these cards. It's the it's the same monster manifesting in a different form. Right? That is mental illness. So in a sense, we are trained to all be mentally ill, which in a sense is to be disconnected. Mm. ourselves and from the God that is within ourselves. And so ultimately what we want to move towards in order to resolve the traumas that are in, this in ourselves is to be able to sit with ourselves Ooh. without the addictions, without the distractions, to yeah. be present fully with myself. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, to sit in that shadow and not fear. No evil, because I know who's with me. And if I know who's with me, then no evil exists. That lets me sit with the triggers, the trauma, and work through those ugly, difficult, dangerous places to be, as um, the prophet Ezekiel says, to be in the midst of the dry bones, right? And to not be afraid of these skeletons, to decolonize our perception of what these bones even are and let go of this westernized thought that that this is something scary or spooky mm-hmm. or ugly or or that I'm here because a demon is on my life. Mm. But to know that this 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 is a moment where I get to alchemize every bone that I've had in my life. Yes, you preaching now. You go into your preaching. I get to now step into this this transcendent awareness of my ability to transmute any trauma that I've had in my life Mm -hmm. and shift it into something else. And so that is when I ask folks, can these bones live? Mm -hmm. No, I got to sit with them. I got to look at them. I can't bypass it with, with prayer, Bible. I can't chase after this person. And, you know, we, we become so addicted. That we're not able to heal. We did. We just mm. shift to the next thing, and so, so that's what I would, would say to that. It's our ability to work through the trauma is our ability to sit with the trauma and know that within oh, ourselves, so there's nothing that can destroy us. 
It reminds me of a quote from Matt Kahn, who was one of my favorite teachers of this age. I listen to him a lot. And he said, all the shadow is asking for is for permission to exist. Once you acknowledge those darker pieces of yourself, they say thank you for loving all of you. Yes. (laughs) Not just the pieces you're comfortable with. You know, this is what I describe when I talk about radical self and know that God has not left you. Yes. You might want to leave yourself. Right. But God is still there because guess where God is at? (laughs) Right. So I love how you put that in perspective. We really do need to think about structuring how we interact with our shadows or do our shadow work. And I have found that when I need to do that work and there's a lot of emotional intensity attached to it, it's good to have a sacred witness to help me stay grounded because pain distorts perception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I need to feel the pain to heal the pain, yes, the same way when somebody's in ICU in the hospital, they're not left alone too long because something can change just like that. Yeah. That can threaten vitality. Absolutely. Right. It's no different in this domain either. When you know that you have pain to resolve and recover from, you should have a sacred witness. And my best sacred witness is my therapist. <laughs> like, yeah. Right right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, so I I think this is important. I think we need to have the conversation. You can't smudge certain things away. Um, You can't think that initiation is the same as trauma recovery. Uh, I hear people say, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna go invest fifteen grand, go over to to Africa, and come back, and that's going to be result." Wherever you go, there you are. There you are. Stop looking for the shortcut and do the work. Yes. 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 Go get the initiation, but can we do these things in the proper perspective that Mm -hmm. will serve your highest good, not um, give you just sensationalism that you can't really sustain? Absolutely. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. good. I think we have to also change our, our perspective on pain. Let's talk about that. I think we, I think we, we judge um, and we criticize ourselves for those moments we are in pain. But pain is a point of transition. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when we are giving birth to something, um, when we are giving birth to a child, that pain is necessary to get us to, you know, where we this this thing that we are pushing out into the world. And I think a lot of times when we are in pain, particularly black women, we are in pain. We judge that pain. We say we should not be in pain. We we mm-hmm. um, tell ourselves that we should be over this pain when we haven't even taken the time to sit with that pain and be present. It's like we expect it to poof, automatically be, be gone. So I, I think that we need to also shift our perspective on um, what it is to be in pain and the purpose mm-hmm. of pain and and allow ourselves to be in that place for a while, you know, and not expect to instantly. Uh, and that's that spiritual bypass. See, they tell mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. 
that, that's been around three times or say this to your neighbor or whatever, and it's supposed to be gone. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a process. There's a process, yes. you know, there's oh, a there healing and there's miracles. Miracles are instantaneous. Healing is miracles that just take a little more time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Yeah. And so, so we've got to just allow ourselves to feel what we feel. Mm-hmm. My mantra this week is accept allow trust yes yes and trust starts with myself it's easy to give it to others when i give it to myself mm-hmm. i want to say to everybody listening accept allow and trust yes it's gonna be okay it is even if it doesn't feel okay right away mm-hmm. thank god your life isn't all about what you feel Yes. But there's more to life than just your feelings and feelings can change. Oh, right. So um I think it's important to 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 wrap this up and I and I want them to hear how they can stay connected to you and use the tools and services you provide as a resource for their mental health and well-being. I think it's important for us to choose to be healed. Because I think healing starts with a decision. I do mm-hmm. think it's a faith-based based action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then once you make your mind up that it's real, it's tangible, as possible for me, then create your healing plan. Yes. Who needs to be involved? Who has skills I don't have? Mm-hmm. Who can study all parts of my mind, the super conscious, conscious, and subconscious? Yeah. And help me crack the code on materializing the life that I want to live. One of my favorite quotes from A Course in Miracles says, the greatest miracle you can ever experience in your life is to see yourself correctly. Mm, That is beautiful. And so the God in me speaks to the God in my sister and the gods in each of you listening. I hope you leave this conversation seeing yourself more correctly. Yes. And once you get a glimpse of who you really are, mm-hmm. please give yourself the things you need to yes. stay centered in that clarity and that truth. Yes. Give yourself what you need. Yes. Mm, Set it up. Set it up. Put it on your calendars. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Including rest. Mm-hmm. Rest. And I think when we rest, we see everything more clearly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's sleep is medicine. Yeah. Quality sleep, quality rest. Yeah. So, how can they stay connected to you? And you have amazing products, by the way, that I keep I in my cabinets and in my jewelry bags. <laughs> I, I do, I do, I do. I want to uh, let everybody know that they can go to my website um, at anikawilsonbrown.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Would love to be connected and stay connected. Um, I also offer um, products, uh, which I um, mix in my own home, in my kitchen. You know, it's it's one of those things that's very healing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, yes. So I have um, manifestation mists, anointing oils, and spiritual bath soaks. Um, And they are in different invocations. I call them invocations. Mm -hmm. Whatever your your prayer or intention is for that moment, whether it be peace, confident, wisdom, joy, or abundance that um, we blend the herbs and the oils in order to align with that intention. And they're available on my website as well. 
Awesome. Yeah. And we're doing a new um a 30 day soul detox in October too. So group, yeah. That's perfect timing. That's divine synchronicity. It is. Yes, it is. All right. So I encourage all of you who are listening, no matter where you are in the world, to go to AnikaWilsonBrown.com, get connected, join her email list, follow her social media pages, and turn on the notifications. Yeah. And, you know, if you felt deeply moved by something in the conversation, Let's unpack it. We do our podcast after hours in my Facebook group, Let the Womb Be Heard, which Dr. Anika is actually a member of. And so share what some of your ahas were and I will meet you there and engage. I want to hear your perspective on mental illness and spiritual bypassing and what has shown up in your life and what jewels you got in this conversation to help you be more grounded and and healthier in mind, body, and spirit. I love y'all. This is such a treat. Anika, thank you so much for saying yes and being with us tonight. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed our time. All right. Everybody take care.